The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, assuming that you're listening to the FujiCast on the day of its release, as you listen to this, I'll be winging my way, and there's a reason for using that word, to Liverpool. Uh, I'm going to go and do some... Well, I'm doing a a, a voice uh, job there, and I'm hoping I'm going to lose this cold, Kev. Have you got Mm. the cold? Have you got the lurgy? Uh, no, no, I have. I did have a Ugh. bit of a runny nose last night, <laughs> but other than that, I'm okay. Yeah, no, I just seem to have got the. I've got the cough and everything, and it's just just hanging. I mean, that could help me come. I mean, come Monday, it might be even deeper. Hello, but mm. I'm going to Liverpool, and while I'm there, I thought I might do some street photography because um, I've not done that. Liverpool, you have. I, I'm going to go and try and find the the liver birds with my friend Mally. And you know what the liver birds are, obviously, don't you? It's the building. Well, they're the mythical creatures that are on the buildings. Are the, are the uh, uh, right, yeah. I uh, didn't know that they were... There's I lots. They were really, yeah, there's around, about, really. there, there's around about 100 of them. And some of them are really, really small, and they're proper secret ones that people go and search for. Why? Why? I've always wondered this. If they're called the liver birds... Yes. Well, aren't they called the liver birds? Why isn't it? Well, or why don't they call it Liverpool? Yeah, exactly. Or or the, to the round, way round. Yeah, I know. I I don't get that either. Don't understand that bit. But where would you go in Liverpool to to go and do some street work, Kev? Some street photography. Give me weather spoons. A, well, <laughs> don't forget your app, table service. The Fuji Cast. Well, welcome to the to the Fuji Cast. I don't know where to go after that, Kev. Where, weather spoons. It is then. I'm not sure if they have any liver birds in weather spoons. Do they? Does weather it, spoons Liverpool. <laughs> That's it. Welcome to the FujiCast. You and your questions, me and my cold. Questions from Facebook. Uh, Questions also that you've emailed into click at fujicast.co.uk. Do we have a book this week, by any chance? No. No, no no book? No. No. Okay. I did, however, funny enough, talking about books, I got an email today from somebody who wants my Darcy Padilla, oh, sorry, Darcy Padilla, yeah. Spanish pronunciation. Ooh. How are those Spanish lessons going? Oh, I haven't done any Spanish lessons. <laughs> um, and he's like, I would pay you 500 US dollars plus postage. What? For it. Yeah. What did you say? I said no. Oh. It's that... like my fav- one of my favourite books. It is, isn't it? It is. That's the so, family yeah. imprint, isn't it? Yeah, family love. Fam- family love. Yeah. yeah. You'd never... Yeah. What if somebody said, all right, two grand, Kev? Yes, then I probably would because I know <laughs> okay. I'd be able to pick up a battered copy from Ape Books for ah, a bit cheaper. I see. $500, you know. I I think about it, I have to say, because, you know, that's not an insignificant amount of money. No. And, uh, you know, and I I was was like, $500 now. Well, you know, I was very lucky to to get a load of books that uh, really built upon my library from from my good friend Giles. And I've never seen myself as the owner of them. I've always seen myself as custodian of them. Mm. And they are gradually making their way back to his house now because he, he says, can I come and make a, can I come and, and take some books out? And he does. And they, they just generally go with him and don't come back, which is fine because they were his originally. But mm-hmm. he, he does, he has a habit of telling me how much they're worth as they go out the door. And he mm. came and took some magazines the other day. He said uh, there was a whole bunch of them, Kev, big sort of, it was a, it was a, a, a tome. And um, he said they're about 100 quid each. I thought, look at that. Yeah, some of them are, are like really worth a lot of money. Oh, great investment. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you're, if you, if the, our dear listeners are thinking, I wonder how you value a book, the best website is Abe Books, A B E B O O K S. And you'll, you'll get a good idea of pretty much anything in terms of value there. Uh, just asking for a friend then, Kev. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I started to look I at. I haven't the- got any of that cream left. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
no, no, for a different friend. If I looked over my shoulder and started looking at some of the books and went to Abe, how quickly between valuing something like that and shoving them on internet um, to, to, uh, would it take? And do you get the value that Abe say they are? Well, you'd need to find a buyer. I mean, some of the books are, you know, multiple thousands of pounds. Abe, so Abe, Abe don't buy them from you, though, do they? No, 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 no. no. So Abe is a, a facilitator. Right. You could, you They're could the buy a broker. Brokerage, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, one of the one of the little things I've always been planning in my to-do list is have a part of my website, which is a, um, a showcase for all of the books and a review and all that kind of what stuff. What a great idea. It's a yeah. big project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, yeah. You know, and that... Uh, it, there are some I probably would sell if the price was right, but there, but there are many that I wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't go down the route of whacking them on eBay and all that kind of stuff. No, God, no, no, you'd um, never get the value. And and I, it's all, I don't know. I seem to have always sort of problems with. Oh, it's arrived in a different um, and you think no, it didn't. It that went out. And whenever I've sold, I'm going to be careful here because I've we've had successful eBay sales as well, many more than some of the ones that were, where somebody said that lens didn't arrive in the right shape and you're thinking oh this is why i use mpb sorry i know yeah. <laughs> i know it's a sponsor of the other show but this is this is a very good reason for that because i've just yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I would i would only use mpb for selling my stuff right we should say hello thank you to pick time pick-time.com is the website address pick time is the company and they are our sponsors and they look after us nicely don't they kev and um, hopefully they feel we do the same for them that's the the service that we use online for showing our pictures to the outside world um, our wedding pictures as you do less weddings kev what sort of stuff are you going to put on there you're going to start putting um because i know you've always dreamt of doing more still life work do you think you might do a bit of that with your gfx and, and sell it maybe through pick time i don't know i quite fancy doing nothing <laughs> uh, maybe i uh, well i'll be using it like next year's main project is yeah. to get the family stuff up and running uh day in the life stuff and also the studio work mm. so that will all go through pick time anyway the gallery of course the gallery did have one implemented but i switched it off when i changed um when i closed on f16 and moved it across right but you can use it there was a conversation in the foodcast facebook group the other day about selling prints and that's a great way of doing it because you they've got the part of the pick time you don't pay extra for it is the gallery system which you can sell your prints on on your own website integrates really well just looks like it's on your website and it's you know it does all of the beautiful branding that pick time does with it and you can say you know this print is available 10 by 8 8 by 6 whatever and this is the price and then somebody comes along they see it they press buy they get the picture you get the spondulies now, your I've I've not used it in that fashion then. So are you saying that, uh, now I use Squarespace, as you do, that mm -hmm. you can design within your Squarespace the pictures that you want to sell? Is that what you mean? No, no. So you, you create a gallery in PickTime. It's actually, it, it's there. It's there on the left-hand side. It's a, you know, it's it's called, um, oh, hang on, I'll tell you what it's called now. It says login in. It is called, oh, every time I go to PickTime, what happens? I get the Spanish version comes up. No, they, this is happening to me, and I was beginning to think, hang on, what's happened? It's because what's happened is the number one ranked pick time in Google, if you type pick time into Google, yeah. their Spanish variant has, has been ranked Don't say the word variant, Kev. Vamos. I'm going to just click vamos and see what happens. Yeah. Well, you're the, you're the Spanish speaker between the two of us. You should be all right. Yeah, pick time. <laughs> As long as it says cerveza and dos. Uh, uh, dos. 
Right, hang on. Um, there we go. Art galleries. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. So on the left-hand side of your settings, you've got something at the bottom that says art galleries. Right. And you just go in there. You put, you choose the pictures you want. Yeah. You set it all up with your pricing, your frames, and your your, your suppliers, all of that stuff. And then you just embed that piece of code into your Squarespace wow. page. And, you're and there all, you go. So that yeah. you can do your fine art prints through. through all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I saw ding, a ding, few, ding, actually. Ding, 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 all, these I, all these ideas coming to me now, Kev. Look, the books at the back, the art... <laughs> the art yeah. galleries from big time <laughs> uh, hang on the kids may have presents after all for christmas the while i'm here in in pick time yeah. um it's just reminded me that because it's popped up it says the holiday app wizard is available what's that oh uh, well holiday holiday is the um they call it holiday oh it's not called crimbles is it it's holiday not period christmas, but yeah. yeah essentially you know obviously in america they have multiple holidays around yeah. the same time yeah. but yeah so the the holiday app wizard and you can do your thanksgiving happy christmas happy whatever Here's a special yeah, boom, new, boom, boom, and they've got year, a little automated yeah. wizard there that will do it. Send it to all your friends and family and, and clients and away you go. Well, thank Very you. Good. Thank you, Pick Time. Uh, go to pick-time.com. And if you'd like to sign up for your own account, then use the word Fujicast, all uppercase, and you will get one month free of charge. Bing, yes. done. Right, uh, questions. Are you going? Are you going first or me? Uh, you go first, right. just because I'm on the Pick Time website now. Okay, <laughs> just uploaded my make, new art gallery. Making a new gallery. Uh, right here we go. This one is from Will Colin. We haven't heard from Will for a long time. Nice to hear from you, Will. Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Thanks as ever for your broadcasting or your podcasting prowess. Have you got prowess, Kev? Oh, um, I've got loads of prowess. <laughs> For some, for some time, I've been wondering about the extended ISO option on my Fujifilm and other cameras. I can see why you might occasionally want to crank up uh, the high ISO to the very max in some extreme low-light situations using the extended max in, uh, in ISO. But what's the logic of extending the native ISO at the bottom end? I always thought the shooting at base ISO was advisable to get the best possible image quality, so long as your shutter speed uh, doesn't become too slow or your aperture too large for your intended shot. But if lower ISO equals better quality, wouldn't we want to shoot at the extended low ISO all the time if we could? Or does the process the camera used to create the lower ISO actually reduce image quality, cancelling out any benefit? My God, I have a nosebleed now, Kev. There's well, lots of tech going on there. Can we start, though, with um, with something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know or understand or, or may have heard about, which is this native ISO. You'll often hear people say, work at native ISO. You'll only hear them say native ISO if they're American. Really? And I've noticed recently you mm. have been saying ISO. The rest of the world says ISO. Have I been watching too much YouTube? been watching too much youtube too oh. much american youtube but actually in fairness the 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 american the one iso is correct is the correct way of saying it yeah. rather than iso it just takes um, less time and ISO. actually all my american friends um often say we, we've had conversations they don't often say this at all i've had, when i've had conversations with american friends about the please and thank yous of life and 
why because uh, Americans generally they 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 they're very polite but they don't necessarily add a lot of please and thank yous and the Brits oh we're just pleasing and thank youing all over the place and they've yeah, always the said Ameri- to me how long does it take to say please if you just knock out the please and thank you you'd have more time in your day and they're probably <laughs> right so ISO is a lot easier to say than ISO and right. I'm going to stop saying please and thank you perhaps 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 <laughs> well over but actually the Americans are very polite I think they always say you're welcome yeah you know, every yeah. time you say thank you to them you're well- you say you're, you're welcome. welcome and then you say you're welcome back and then it goes on forever it's like in japan when you have to how long does the bowing go on for in bow, and you have to bow back you have to be extracting yourself backwards yeah. you bow and you and you can't go lower than the the, the um more um, the, the more senior member of senior the person right. yeah and you've got to keep if they bow you've got to go further and then boom, 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 so boom. you have to bow further less than them well not further but less than them yeah you've got to go lower you've got to go lower Oh, that could be a fabulous game, Kev. Yes. Can you imagine somebody who's very, very supple who thinks, right, let's see how far you lot can go. Yeah. <laughs> or you've got a really, 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 um, you know, kind of high up executive who does yoga yeah, and to, that's touches what, their knees with their That's chin. what I mean. That's what I mean. They could have a lot Trouble. of fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it you're was welcome. not helping this question. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. So ISO, yeah. Most cameras, most digital cameras have native and expanded ASO. Uh, sorry, ISO. ASO. So if you said ISO, uh, you'd be in there. ISO. <laughs> uh, ASA, and, you were going to say then, weren't you? That's proper old school. And ultimate. I mean, if I'm putting my kind of cynical head on, I would say the expanded ISO is more of a sales gimmick, marketing gimmick. The the, the, the actual so native ISO is is a direct result of the camera's sensors, physical abilities and properties. Right. Um, expanded ISO, I think, is uh, it involves a, uh, in-camera processing. So it's done digitally. So the range that the camera is, the sensor is designed to operate optimum, optimally is with the native ISO. Right. Um, and the sensor is going to provide the best balance, I think, between light and image quality, sensitivity of light and image quality Which, at the uh, lowest noise levels possible it, and also uh, with uh, the highest dynamic range. At available. the native ISO, which, which or, or ISO. So on the X-T5s, for example, the native ISO, I think, is 100 or 100, it might be 120. 25 and it goes up to 12,800. So you can uh, have expanded ISO, which will go up to 56,000 ISO. Oof. But, but the, you know, that that's typically achieved through, well, not typically always achieved through in-camera processing, yeah. um, amplifying yeah. the signal, applying digital reduction, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the main purpose is to provide more flexibility in extreme lighting conditions yeah. um, just to give you a fighting chance. But it's done digitally. It's not using the capabilities of the uh, dynamic range of the sensor. So yeah, they're there. It's it's you know to get out of jail card. Perhaps I've never used expanded ISO. Well, not intentionally. I've never used it. No, you don't don't really see the reason to use it. I mean, I can I can see perhaps if you're in a really really dark situation and you've got to get a shot and there's no light, or whatever. Then you might be popping it out to fifty six thousand ISO. Um, with the hope of getting something that you can do something with later, mm. but it's going to be grainy. It's it's going to be a hard image to work with. Have you have you used the um, that that makes me think of the the new noise reduction? Oh, what's it called in in Lightroom? Which yeah. is phenomenally good. Yeah, amazing. It really is good. And I I took some shots on my X100 in in practically the dark in the Isle of Wight recently of some pumpkins, and uh, it, I looked at it. It was such a noisy image. 
I put it through that that new um, what's it called? What's it called in Lightroom? Have you got your Lightroom open? Well, the AID noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just amazing. And I I just I was zooming in thinking, yeah, but what's the trade off here? Is this thing going to just look a bit plastic? And it it didn't. It was amazing, Kev. Uh, it can look a bit plastic on faces, but you can dial it back and stuff. Um, the thing I would say about that is it goes off and creates a TIFF file, so you'll want to do all of your editing before you do your noise reduction. So you know if you're doing presets or whatever, I mean you can still do it on your TIFF file, but it's it's going to baked it in to a yeah. certain extent so but yeah it's brilliant yeah it's very very good Amazing. i was really of course impressed. i rarely shoot at high so it's because i get my exposure right in camera but there you go <laughs> yeah but sometimes <laughs> sometimes kev it's dark have we answered yeah. that question correctly um or well enough I, do you think i think so yeah okay yeah. right you're well, welcome right to us and tell us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to hear Thank from you. well you're he welcome does, he doesn't write anymore yeah he doesn't write anymore we don't get christmas cards postcards right your question kev facebook Okay, so here's a, a comment more than a question, I think, from Patrick Kelly. Going on, we're still going back to this whole idea about cameras being able to do the stuff, computational stuff that phones do. Oh, so it's the old chestnut now, that one, isn't it? That old chestnut, yeah. Um, and, and Patrick will, he touches on something that I mentioned years and years and years ago. Um, anyway, he says, regarding the discussion of integrating more computational photography into cameras, a la cell phone photography. I agree with Mullins. Yes, it ain't going to happen. He says professional in inverted quotes. Profiteroles. Photographers. We just hit another word you can't say. I can't say professional and photographers at the same time. I'm drinks reception. Drinks reception. I've got my last drinks reception of the year tomorrow. Anyway, so professional photographers. Yes. And the 100 times other photographers who want to be pro. Uh, won't be, won't want to be locked into their, their camera finalizing the photo. Mm. But what will be huge is connected cameras and photo processing pipelines. Uh, soon the wedding photographer will shoot a wedding and when he's packed his camera and on his way home, all the photos will already be uploaded. AI will call, correct, edit, style, select and prep the photos according to the pre-agreed style package option. Back in the office, the photographer will quickly review that process set, possibly make a few alterations and post the final product, pick-time.com for the client. <laughs> Given a well-connected camera and the computational power of the cloud, there's no need to try and shoehorn it into a camera, especially if you want to be able to keep and use the camera for more than a couple of years. Right, right. So I, I do you remember, we, I, I said about this it's several years ago on the show, saying that would be the, I think, I, I, like I, I can see it going that way, and that's the that's what I was thinking of at the time, you know. When and I, it was when five G first came along, and five G promised to be like, you know, faster than super fast broadband. Yeah, and actually, it's not. Yeah, I know. was thinking I because I I always wanted to have a standby or a backup um, solution for 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 the internet for uh, the house, and I thought five G is going to be that, isn't it? And it's just not, Kev. No, it's not. Uh, so I, I was, I was mentioning, I, so this is, this is an idea that I talked about a long time ago, as long as, you know, as well as other people, I'm sure, um, Fujifilm have got this service. Well, the service, the company is called frame.io, which is cloud integration, automated cloud uh, processing. So, uh, as I, I think as it stands right now, it's for movie stuff only, right. but I can see that come in and, you know, I'll be first to put my hand up and say, I kind of talked about this a long time ago, but yeah, I agree. And it's going to take a lot of the fun out of it perhaps, but imagine that. So tomorrow will be in my last wedding of the year. I go take my pictures. I've, I've set my AI package at home to be, you know, my particular style, whatever. And then by the time I'm home, it's done. Boom. Break out the eggnog. Yeah. 
Right. Um, um, well, it's my. It's that's my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. No, it does, Kev. <laughs> in Kev Thank we trust. Hashtag in Kev we trust. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, Veronica Barnes has uh, written us a, a mail. Okay, she says, can you talk about focus and compose? I am struggling with this at events as far as getting eyes and faces in focus. Now, there's quite a lot in this. I just wonder whether we should break it down. Do you use continuous focus, burst mode, focus box in the middle, bigger or smaller box? Do you put the box on the eye and so on and so on? I think I've heard Kev say he uses spot metering. I do too. I just struggle with focus and recompose or using the face and or eye detection, etc. Now, she's using an X-T5, new to uh, to Veronica. Um, she dro- she dro- No, I shouldn't laugh. Sorry, Veronica. Since I dropped my X-T2 in the river. Oh. I dried out the the camera. It still works, so win-win as far as having a backup camera. Oh, that's all right. All's well that ends well. I also use 35mm, um, the original version, 16 to 55, 56 OG, and 50 to 140. All great lenses, so pretty much this focusing problem falls on me, not my gear. So, where do we start, Kev? Let's go to the first sentence. Continuous burst mode, focus box in the middle, bigger or smaller box, and so on and so forth. No, so continuous focus I typically will use for confetti and maybe if they're walking up the yeah. aisle particularly Re- quickly. Recessional and processional only, really. Some uh, some dancing stuff maybe, depending on what's going on. Focus and recompose is really, I would be using that for um, single shot stuff. So let's say, uh, you know, during the ceremony, I'm at the front, they're at the front. So I'll focus using the back. So the way that I do it, there is different ways to do it with the um, AF on button. You can program it. But yeah. the, by far the simplest way is to pop the camera into manual focus mode and use their AF on button or whichever one you've programmed as your AF lock button on the back to lock the focus on the eye or face or whatever you want it to be. And then you can recompose, get your meter reading, exposure, all that kind of stuff, and then recompose. So focus wherever and recompose. Most importantly, knock it into to manual though first. Yeah, because you, you to do back button focusing properly, you need to either have the camera set up so you have the AF, uh, AF on button to work for focus lock only and disabling the focus on the shutter button or like i said the easiest way is to just knock that into manual focus modes that automatically disables the button on the top the exposure button the shooting button stops it from focusing so let's you know that example of bride and groom at the front of the church um i might i want to focus on her face but include him right so i focus on her i lock that focus with the af on button on the back and then move my camera a little bit to include him to include bob as well in it and then i take two or three shots and the camera does not refocus each time because it's locked. The focus yeah. is locked on her face. Yeah. Um, Size-wise, I would avoid using things like the zone focusing, all of that kind of stuff. Just use the single shot focus mode. Use um, I use the technical term for my focus box size, which is two up from the smallest one. And if you're using the AFC continuous, which sounds like a little bit like she is for quite a lot, although I really would strongly suggest you don't use it for anything that's pretty much stationary, you'll get more keepers otherwise, is uh, to uh, ensure that your release priority for continuous focus is on release, not on focus. Your release priority for single shot should be on focus. And when you're in continuous focus mode, I use the preset with the little leaping lion. Uh, cheetah, is it? I don't know. Anyway. It's a big cat. The one, I think. The one with the big spotty cat on it. Yeah. yeah. Not the one with the skiers or anything like that. 
anyway, thanks, says Veronica. Love the podcast. Hope I can get over to the other side of the pond one day. Right. You're welcome. How, <laughs> how did you Thank know you. the How did you know the groom was called Bob? By the way, they're all called Bob, aren't they? Are they? Is, uh, yeah. a special new setting in your camera. I'm, I'm so bad with names. Like I, I have to send myself an email the morning of the wedding. Um, an empty email with just the name of the bride and the groom as the subject. <laughs> so yeah. I can keep looking at <laughs> Have you ever got the name wrong or names oh, wrong? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I always worry about it. Uh, and I know you don't do portraits in the same way, but but when it comes to doing a few portraits, when I call the bride and groom or call names, et cetera, during that, that, uh, during that, that session, I'm all, that's, that's when I'm thinking, don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. Never have yet. But right. you don't think you have. Well, oh, that's true. Or maybe they were just being polite, Kev. His name probably Bob, really. It probably was. Uh, right, yours. Didn't I just do that one? No, Veronica was an email. Oh, Kev. yes, you're quite right. Yeah. Okay, so during a recent... This is from Stu Haythorn. Right. I've literally just got off Skype with him. Um, during a recent wedding, I photographed a rather elegant lady, man, person, texting on her phone. Okay, there you go. It's a lady. After oh, Lightroom he, he, he missed shot, out some words here in his question. His, he, he, <laughs> didn't, he, he missed out the word lady, oh, I'm guessing. Right, okay. After Lightroom in the shot, I could clearly see that the text detailed her <gasps> dislike of something. Ooh. I'm not going to, he does say what it is, but I'm not going to mention it. Obviously, that photo wasn't forwarded to the client. No. My QQ is which photos, if any, have you held back for the client from the clients and why? So I'm going to caveat that for Stu and caveat it with a picture that is good enough to be delivered, but you haven't delivered because of the content, not yeah, because yeah. it's badly focused or whatever. For me, it would really be unfortunate moments where the picture looks like somebody's doing something else when they're not. I mean, I've, I've, we, come done back, a couple. we come back to the old chestnut of the, of the, when you shot the wedding of the unfortunate, more mature lady who passed. Did you present those pictures? Yeah. I mean, not, not afterward. There were no pictures afterwards. Um, no, but, but, so, uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Cause you've got the last pictures of her alive. Didn't yes. You? Yeah. 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 I, I, I've, I've got one series of images, which I did in the end give them to the client, but I asked first whether they wanted them and, and they should see them first before I put them in the public gallery. And did they want them in the public gallery? Blah, blah, blah. It was of a lady who'd had a little bit too much gin and tonic and fallen over backwards and oh, her legs were kippo and everything. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a brilliant picture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah. so I, I said to them, look, I've got this picture. Um, I'm not going to include it. I'll explain to you about it first. Um, I think we've talked about this. And, you know, do you want me to send it to you? They said, yes, send it to us. Send it to them. I said, do you want me to put it in the gallery? He said, damn, yes, put it in the gallery. <laughs> um, but obviously I would never put that on my website or anything. Actually, it's bringing back memories now that I've got something very similar when they were doing oops upside your head on the floor and uh, something happened. Yeah. Cracking and, picture, and- lots of laughter, but maybe not the sort of thing that you want to show hundreds of other people. No. And also I'm not a big fan of that kind of, I call it like ambulance chasing wedding photography where, you know, you late at night and young 16 year old lad whose first experience of really getting drunk is being sick in the corner of the wedding room. Some photographers think that's great and we'll go for it. And Mm. I don't like any of that stuff. I always say to clients when they say, uh, "I'm not." Should we have a midnight package, Neil? Or, or and I said, "Well, yeah, actually, you do get a lot of great party shots, but also bear in mind that there's a there's a close line uh, between you know making photographs and showing a party and evidence collection um, yeah. because, because sometimes they can be a bit like that. I've thought of another one actually, where uh, a bridesmaid. See now, now I'm thinking of them now, Kev. 
um, a bridesmaid. It was um, she fell off a, a table. They were dancing on the table, and I saw this happening in slow motion. She was edging more and more and more and more towards the edge of it. I thought your legs going to come off that table, and as I was thinking it, she went mm-hmm. bang, broke her arm. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't sure whether they'd want it because it wasn't a it wasn't a clever moment and it wasn't a funny no. moment, and I didn't I didn't present that one. Yeah, well, I guess you could just think of what people might feel if they were having that photograph of that particular, as you say, the ambulance chasing or, or evidence collection ones. You know, who who wants to see somebody being physically ill in the corner? No, I know, but there there are you know there are some photographers who who love all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, fine, that, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah, sure there's yeah, clients yeah. who 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 are. Um, just as keen to see poor cousin Matthew vomiting into the corner of a wedding room. Right, should we move on quickly? Yes. Uh, yeah. Right, is it my turn? It is. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, blimey. I'm not sure we can answer this one, but we'll have a go. Alex Hackney. Uh, good day, my friends. I have to know, what are your thoughts on the new Nikon, 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 ZF, ZF? I find it absolutely beautiful. Can't wait to see one in person. Now, this was back in September. Hope you're both well. Love the show. Um, I've, n- I, I can't remember the last time I picked up a Nikon, Nikon, Nikon camera. Can you? don't think I ever have. You've never? I honestly have. don't. I mean, I, I, I started my career actually using Nikon cameras. I had the D2X. I think I had the D1, was it D100? That was my first ever DSLR. Yeah, I'm sure it was, D D100. That was great, although, you know, anything after 1600, you look like you're in a snowstorm. Then I had the D2X, um, and then there was a D2F, which was supposed to be the sort of sports version of it. But that was hopeless, Kev. It was, I mean, the sense, I can't remember what it was. I think it was only something like, I'm going to get this wrong now. Four and a half megapixels or something daft. It looked great, but it it was it wasn't the best camera that I ever had. I think that, and then then I swapped to Canon 5D after that. You've obviously not got any. Exp- what do you, have you seen the ZF ZF? Uh, no, but I've just asked ChatGPT to tell me about it. Go on, then. and it says the Nikon ZF boasts several impressive features that make it a notable camera in the market as of 2023. Image stabilization and performance. It offers eight stop in body yeah. image stabilization, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Sensor and processor. The camera is equipped with a 24.5 megapixel sensor and utilizes X speed seven processor, blah, 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 blah. Video recording capabilities. The Nikon ZF supports 10 bit H265 video recording and N log, allowing higher quality, blah, 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 blah. Viewfinder quality. The viewfinder of the ZF is a standout feature with a resolution of 3.69 million pixels and a magnification of 0.8x, blah, 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 blah. Advanced technology and features. The camera incorporates Nikon's latest technology as of the fall 2023. It includes a new way to select AF areas, ensuring easier and more accurate focus control. Blah, 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 blah. The camera also features pixel shift shooting, blah, 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 blah. Additionally, it boasts what Nikon claims to be the most advanced in-body stabilization of any of their Z-series cameras. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, these features make the Nikon ZF a versatile and powerful camera suitable for both photography enthusiasts, professionals seeking high-quality imaging, reliable performance, and a range of advanced capabilities. Yeah, but- is there anything else I can help you with, Kevin? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's ChatGPT. <laughs> Just say, yes, there is, but how do you feel about the camera? Oh, I wonder okay. what, what ChatGPT was. How do you feel? I don't want, I don't want tech. I want, I want to know how you feel about the camera. What okay. Is it, what does it say? Let's see what it says. 
Okay, in, in I said, how does the Nikon ZF feel in the hand? The Nikon ZF, like any camera, offers a unique feeling. Oh God, can be subjective depending on the users. No, but what's However, your emo- No, what's its emotion when it picks this camera up? Obviously. However, the Nikon ZF is generally well constructed with a oh, robust build. Oh, stop now! Stop. Offers users stop. reassuring stop. materials, etc., etc. Stop. Seems um, like a very good camera. Yeah, it does. Where, where do we sign up? Two thousand two hundred ninety-nine quid. Um, but there we go. We're, we're neither of us a, a Nikon, Nikon, Nikon people anyway, are we? So, but but thank you, Alex. Clearly, you are intending to be. <laughs> um, your question from Facebook, Kev. Uh, right, John Wayne says, "Gentlemen, yes, I'm planning to do a personal photography project that will involve taking full length and head and shoulders pics in craft and workplace settings." Right. This could involve the subjects working at a fixed machine or with specialist dangerous equipment. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. So I could have very little control over position of subject or position of camera. Yeah. It's unlikely that I could set up a softbox every time. I'm worried that I'm going to finish up with just a set of uninteresting bad flash photos that look like they're straight out of the 1970s textbook. I'm hoping that I can put some art into these documentary pictures. Yes. I'm happy to process some of the pics in black and white, but would like to capture colours where essential to the subject matter. My prime lenses, full frame equivalent, are 28mm f1.7, 50mm f1.4, and 85mm f1.2. Maybe I should borrow a zoom for the most restricted situations, question mark. I'd be really grateful if you could provide some words of wisdom in your own good time and in your own good way. Many thanks, John Wayne. First thing I would do, it sounds like there's an awful lot of lens choices there. Three. Oh, it's only three. I made it sound like much more. I'm th- still thinking of the, the the Nikon answer that you had. I would personally only take two, and I, I'd try and get some sort of cohesive photography that way, and it would probably be the 23 and 56. Yeah, cohesion, definitely. So um, lens choice, important. But if you are absolutely restricted by, um, by what they're doing, you know, I, there seems to be a lot of emphasis here on using flash. Yeah. Um, and maybe don't. If they're in a... If they're in an environment where they're using machinery and stuff, they will be there will be light. They've got a decent light. Yeah, they can't be working in the dark with machinery. Yeah, so try not maybe don't use the light. Use wide apertures. F one point two on the eighty five mil will be great for some kind of distance depth of field things, close ups of the hands operating the machinery, all of that kind of stuff. You can then use the twenty eight mil for wider stuff. Um, you know, make it. Get, get, identify where the sources of the story are is it you know if they're using machinery where they are reliant on uh goggles for example the story you know if there's if there's um, flames or sparks or whatever then there's you know this story is there you might be able to get reflections in the goggles of the flames all that yeah. kind of stuff are there feet moving pedals you know you need wide angles you need close-ups you need story you need con- context telling pictures but also connective pictures that connect one to the other Rather than just standing back, popping a flash on them and saying, there's there's, there's Bob again, who's right. just got married last week, doing operating a machine. Is there as well, is he, Bob? Uh, maybe um, some small Lumi muses or something could be quite good. I've I've done a job like this, and I've hidden Lumi muses and sort of been able to light up particular parts of the of the scene, which, which creatively is uh, so much more expressive than napalming it with flash. Yeah. Um, have we got time for another one, Kev? We've got time for another QQ, one. QQ from you. A QQ. Um, I'm not sure this... Well, here's something that was uh, just a follow-up, and then I'll do a question. Uh, this is from Kelvin Brown. Not a question, but in a recent edition of the Fujicast, uh, you mentioned Brown Sauce, a band comprising of Keith Chegwin, Maggie Philbin, and Noel Edmonds. While watching YouTube recommendations, a Top of the Pops edition was on the on the list. 
I clicked on the thumbnail 24 minutes in and there they were. Yes. Keith and Maggie and Noel Edmonds, Brown Sauce. Do you remember the song? No. No, I can't play it. And I only, I only knew that because I searched it when we were talking about it. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, sorry, I was thinking you remembered it. I thought, there's, there's, there's a memory, Kev. Um, here's one from Duncan H. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. Really enjoy the podcast. Your book reviews have inspired me back to the library to see some of the books that you feature. I have a question about resolution. There's nothing about books. I have a question about resolution and print sizes for the 24 megapixel sensors found in the X-T2 and the X-100F, my current setup. In terms of my photography, I love all things retro. Gaming, old arcade cabinets, pinball machines, old video game consoles. Some of these are worth a fortune now, Kev. Um, Evan Neal. Yeah, the the what, sorry? Evan Neal. Retro, old. What is? Me and you. You oh, me. No, I thought there was a game then. Lots and lots for yeah. you to see. The older and more knackered, the better. Uh, they are talking about there us. Yeah, he's talking uh, about yeah, us. Yeah, I've just started making some work available for sale in Etsy. Ah, see? Making mm. pictures of uh, old arcade cabinets. So I think my prints would work best as uh, games room, dorm ro- room posters. So I want to go as large as possible. Uh, but I do want to maintain a decent resolution. How large? How low can you go? How large can you go? Assuming the image itself is 6,400 and at low ISO, uh, e.g. 200-ish. So 6,400 and a low ISO. What does he mean? 6,000 pixels wide. 6,000 pixels wide and a decent exposure. Decent exposure. I'd really like to know your experiences with uh, going big. Well, when I was first involved with um, Fujifilm X-Pro 1, X-T1 days, so when the X-T1 was, yeah, it was the X-T1, I think, was launched, they took some of my images and they printed them at the Expo in Yokohama. This your big Japanese um, landscape one that you got the prize for? No, I took that on an XM one, funny oh, enough. Okay. Um, the, the XT ones, they, they, they sent me a prototype, took some pictures and they used the, the images and they were enormous. They were at least 10 feet wide. Wow. Uh, absolutely <laughs> enormous. And that was on the, and that was a 16 megapixel sensor. Yeah. So yeah, fine. I mean, bear in mind that they probably did some, you know, fancy high end stuff. Interpolation going on. Yeah. But you can do that in Lightroom. You can upsize images in Lightroom now and certainly in Photoshop. Um, so yeah, I mean, at poster size, no drama. You're on it like a llama. On it like a llama. Yeah, I made it up because the same did rhymed with drama. <laughs> okay, all right. So you can do what? What's the software that people use, Kev? I'm trying to think of the one that uh, people do use to to make huge posters. I mean, you're saying you can do it in Lightroom, but I thought there was a particular a particular software that people use a lot. Um, yes, Topaz. Was it Topaz? Was it Didn't one they of the do Topaz, ones? Um, Topaz upsize or something? I'm going to put. I'm going to read my poem out while you do that. Make your images. Okay, read your poem, and I'll start rolling the theme tune for the end of the music. So go on, read your poem. In a meadow, quite scenic and calmer, mm. stood a photographer with his llama. With a click and a flash, in a quick, joyful dash, they captured a moment of drama. There we go. I got ChatGPT to that. Did you? Right. Well, I've only found a couple here. OM1 Resize AI, um, Impixio and Topaz Labs. Oh, that's a few yeah, people. Yeah, Topaz, 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 Topaz do one. But I think 
basically you can do all in Lightroom now. Yeah. And that's it for, for this week. Um, we need you to keep sending your questions in. Um, send them to click at fujicast.co.uk or you can send them in via Facebook. How do you do that, Kev? Go to the Facebook Fujicast group and there's a thread at the top called Questions for the Show Thread, which I will this uh, this holiday period mm. do a new one. Now, you've got your last wedding of the year. Um, I've done my last wedding of the year. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to go and become a DPD driver, Kev, for this this month, I think. Well, good month to do it, probably, isn't it? Um, busy. But yeah, busy. Very busy. But, um, so, have you remembered the names of the bride and groom for, t- for tomorrow's wedding? <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> that says it all. We'll see you in a couple, a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way 